Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 68. This week my guest is an award-winning children's author, Cheryl Bass, and she'll be telling us all about her Baby Dragon series and um, lots more besides. And uh, particularly fascinating to talk to somebody who writes in rhyme, so stick around for the interview. So at my desk this week, well, I've been very busy, um, as last week, carrying on and finishing off the drawings for my next book, which will be Midwich 2. So these are just the little chapter illustrations, and I'm very excited to say that I have, in fact, finished them. And uh, and I've nearly finished the book cover as well, which is great. Well, I've taken the book cover as far as I can get it. So um, I haven't written the blurb yet. Always a tricky situation getting the blurb written, as anybody knows. Um, I've got a sort of draft of the blurb, but I, I really need to kind of have a have a day or two where I'm just concentrating on that. But I've done the sort of the basic artwork and I, it's all kind of there except for the spine because I'm not quite sure exactly, you know, how wide the spine will be. But it's, it's more or less there. It's been quite... Um, it's been quite a nice thing to do. It's quite nice to feel that people are asking for this second book and, and it's exciting to bring it out knowing that, you know, you've got a, a sort of a reader base that are waiting for it, which is lovely. And uh, and the, the sort of art project has been quite quick because you're kind of not starting from scratch. I know how I want this cover to look. You know, I've already got the model picked out that I'm using. Um, obviously, she she looks like she's illustrated, but there's a photograph underneath it where I've kind of painted over the top to, you know, to give it that illustrated quality. I kind of know what I'm going to do with it. And, um, you know, you, I want the kind of the same look again. So, and I kind of, and it's obviously it's not that long ago since I made the cover for the, for the first book. So, you know, creating the second book cover has not been too onerous. In fact, it's been a real pleasure. So I'm happy to say that I'm, I'm kind of there with the artwork for it. So really this week, and as I'm recording this, it's a Monday, I'm really thinking about having a little, uh, a kind of leaving the midwitch, not to one side, but, well, yeah, I suppose I'm leaving it to one side, creatively speaking. I've got book three planned, but I kind of don't really want to start writing it yet. I've, I feel I need to focus my mind more on my children's, myself as a children's author. And um, I probably mentioned before that I, I write under a different pen name for that. So my pen name for the, as a children's author, I'm Tiger Molly. And um, and I'm kind of having a, a really a really good hard look at the Tiger Molly stuff. So at the moment, I just have two books out. I have another one written, which really should be out. And I need to kind of get on and do the illustrations for that. And I kind of write this kind of little sort of cat detective, this girl, she can turn herself into a cat. And, you know, it's it's a little detective mystery thing that she does. And it's it's I think it's amusing. I think it's funny. And I still really believe in these stories. But can I sell these books? No, I cannot. <laughs> and um, and I know on the one hand, it's because I don't devote enough time, you know, on social media to them. So I, I you know I don't really get on and do any of that with it. But having said that, I, I can't say that I've done nothing with it. I have, in fact, tried to sell them. So what have I done? Well, I've had a look. I've I've put them on the TikTok shop and um, I advertise them on the TikTok and uh, go blah, blah, blah. And I've made, you know, nice little videos and things like that. Well, I think they're nice little videos. And I put them out there and I thought, well, this I thought this was going to be the thing. So Tiger Molly's got her own thing on TikTok and I thought this is going to be great. I'm going to this is going to be how I'm going to sell myself as a children's author and it's it's and I was you know quite fired up with that 
So um, has it worked? No. Have I sold any books? Actually, not one. Well, one to my daughter, who I who I rang up and said, buy one of these books. I want to make sure this TikTok shop is working. I want to work out how to, you know, fulfil my orders and things. Um, so no, absolutely not. Nothing has happened. I've tried to run a few Amazon ads to them. Again, nothing. Uh, and then I've sort of put them up. And so I set up um, social media. She has, uh, the Tiger Molly has a TikTok, obviously, which I've just spoken about. Uh, and I've got her on uh Instagram but I don't have her on I didn't have her on Facebook but I have just put a Tiger Molly page on for Facebook because um, I quite like Facebook I think it's really friendly and I think you do connect with people quite well on there and I haven't bothered to put her on the TikTok on the Twitter or X as it's called itself now because I don't feel that that's a place where I'm getting any traction at all um, book wise you know even for the midwitch stuff you know that you put something on there and it just doesn't go anywhere anymore so I, I, I might get on there every couple of days and do a few bits and sort of talk to a few people that I know, but I don't really use X anymore because I think it's changed so dramatically. You can't really, you know, it's not really worth my time. Now, the other problem is when I went in to have a little look at my stuff on the Amazon pages, I see that Amazon has in fact lost all my uh, reviews for the, the Tiger Molly stuff for, you know, Sophie Lyon, Diamonds and Thieves and Sophie Lyons, Swans and Soup. So that's the two books. And all their... Um, and another thing which has gone from the Amazon pages is the A-plus content. That's all disappeared as well. Now, I know on the one hand, I really need to get in touch with Amazon and see if I can't get those reinstated, because although I didn't have thousands of reviews, but I did have sort of about, you know, five or ten on each one. And it seems a shame that now I have absolutely nothing. So it's almost like I've started from scratch. But the funny thing was... It was odd losing those because I, I kind of haven't got back into the KDP and said, you know, what what's happened and can you fix it? And I, and I think they probably can because I have heard of other people have said this has happened to them. And then when they've got in touch with KDP, eventually it's got sorted out and they've managed to reinstate the reviews that you did have. I certainly will have a go at that. But I'm having a kind of... Um, I'm having it, like I say, I'm having a big think about this children or children's author thing because I really truly believe, and this is the thing, I really truly believe that these stories are good fun and and that they're good stories, and I do think that kids would like them if I could just get them sold. So why aren't they selling? Well, I have to. Dis I have decided that in fact what I need to do is change the book covers. So <laughs> this is this is a bit of a re revelation for me because the book covers that are on now are very nice. They're very artistic. I, th I think they're quite colourful. I, th I think they're very genre specific, all of those things. But they're not selling the books, not on any level. And I have put this stuff across social media and I've put it across all the other things. So I'm going to change the book covers and I'm also going to rewrite the blurb because I think these are the two things that make a big difference. And then I'm going to see if I can't, um, you know, have another bash at, you know, getting some advertising for this you know, for this children's work, because at the moment nothing's happening. So it seems a bit of a shame because the book covers that I'm designing now are, they're less artistic and sort of more photograph based. Uh, I still think they're going to look nice. And it was a girl's face that I bought off Shutterstock, bought the rights for the, off Shutterstock. And, and I bought them ages ago, but then I decided to illustrate the covers and use just, just my own illustration uh, but but they don't sell. So I'm kind of going back to my original idea, which was this particular girl's face. So, yeah. So I'll let you know what happened. So 
I've just got the two book covers to do. So I've, I've kind of done one or I've got a, you know, a good base for what I think it's going to look like. I've kind of put it to one side because I feel like I'm almost doing it too quickly and I'm not really paying proper attention to it. So I've, I've just put it to one side and I'm going to I'm going to have a good look and see if I if that might make the difference to actually getting some book sales, because at the moment I don't get anything nothing at all which is bizarre but I know that when you do get the book cover right you know the book the book you know gets gets going and, and you know you get some traction that way so anyway that's my story having a you know almost finished my midwitch stuff you know all the artwork for that and I'm putting that to one side because really it's just a case of um, getting my stuff back from the editor which won't be back for about another month or so or possibly longer and and that's fine I'm not in any hurry with that and uh, and I just want to have a little a little bash at the Tiger Molly stuff just to see if I can't actually get it moving because it would be very nice if it was. Anyway, <laughs> that's my story. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the book covers a lot of work doing it again, uh, but then you know it might be worth it. It might be the difference. So I'm being brave and having another think of what my book looks like and seeing if I can get a more saleable cover onto it. Right. Well, anyway, so let's have a chat to um, Cheryl Bass. She's another children's author and let's hear what she's got to say. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, um, I'm very pleased to have a children's author on. She's Cheryl Bass. She's award winning. She writes rhyming books, which can't be easy. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you, Cheryl. Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's lovely to have you. Um, so you're writing these books, and, and I see they've won some awards, and you've got the second book out now, and and they they look delightful, and they're obviously doing really really well. And and you're writing in rhyme. I mean, that is that is hard to do. It's not something I've ever attempted. I do write for children as well, but um, of course, the thing is with the rhyme because I am an old teacher, mm. and I used to teach early years, so I'm kind of teaching the oh. the, the thing where your you know where your books are pitched, and um, the thing about the rhyme, it's so important. People don't realise if you can put a rhyming book in front of your child and get them to interact with it and begin to anticipate the rhyme and get used to that book and join in with it, it's a really powerful thing for their learning and their memory and their their you know absorption of, of literacy, literacy and you know beginning to read and all that kind of thing. So so well done you. So is it hard to do? <laughs> yes, it is hard to do. Um, some people suggest writing the story first not in rhyme and then uh so you have an idea of where it's going and so on and then make it in into a rhyme so um when i'm working on my stories i always have thesaurus.com open and rhyme.com open and i'm sort of toggling back and forth between different words to say the same thing um which would be the thesaurus and then words that rhyme with them that get across what i'm trying to say and I read it out loud to myself and to friends and family to make sure that the meter is correct. Um, so it is it is a little painstaking, but I love it. Yeah. Um, I've been rhyming for years. Growing up, my sister and I both sing. And so we would always change the lyrics to famous songs and um, do parodies for our family and friends. And so that's when I first started rhyming. And I really enjoy it. Yeah, it, and it's great. And also, I think you're very wise to kind of read it out loud because uh Obviously, children's books get read out loud. The children join yes. in, and it and it's it has to have a, a certain rhythm to it in order for yes. that to work for a teacher in front of a class or just 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 a, a parent and a 
your carer and, and their and their child. It's it's really really important, and it's and when you get it right, it, you must you must hit that sweet spot and think, yeah, now it's there, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I love when it clicks like that. And and what you said is absolutely correct. That it really helps with language acquisition and with getting a sense of of meter and rhythm and so on, um, and vocabulary. Uh, context clues and so on because they're anticipating the next rhyme. And interestingly, I initially tried to traditionally publish both books, well, the first book. Um, and because I'm not Jimmy Fallon or a famous person, um, you know, a lot of publishing houses say they only have maybe 10 spots for a picture book. You know, they'd rather go with somebody who has an established name. So I was fighting uphill about that, but I was also fighting uphill because I actually got some responses from publishing houses saying we do not accept rhyme or we don't like rhyme, which I think is really unfortunate because of all of the advantages that rhyme gives to children developmentally. So um, I have a master's in social work. And so I use um, that and, and my journalism background to sort of inform my picture book writing. Um, and so I always want to do it in rhyme. And I really appreciate that in, in self-publishing, I'm able to have that creative control. Yeah. I think what's interesting is if you if you ask a teacher, a teacher will pick up the rhyme book because the teacher knows, that, mm-hmm. you know, the primary teacher knows that that rhyme for that age group is is absolutely key. When they can anticipate the rhyme, they're on the point of reading. And mm-hmm. it's not until they do that that they can do it. There's a, there's a few other weird things. So I did a degree in psychology in the early years Um developmental you know stuff and uh it's interesting there's a few things that are kind of keyed into reading um and one of them is um balance if you can stand on one leg you're more likely to be able to read quicker and, really? and yeah it's a really fun and the other thing is is doing jigsaw puzzles huh. when, when children can see and, and and make a jigsaw puzzle they're also on the point of reading and and there's these these you know there's various other developmental things and I'm sure there's more now that people know about it years and years ago when I took my degree um uh, but so it's it's very interesting and also understanding rhyme and anticipating rhyme is one of the key factors and it's it's a really important thing so the publishers are so darn wrong yet again so Mm -hmm. that's why they need us self-published authors because we can bring into the world exactly the books that people need yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is great stuff so yeah so you're you're self-published and um now, the only trouble I find with the self-publishing for the children is I find it really hard to market. Um, now, your books are doing really well. So what's your secret, Cheryl? I want to know. My secret is that I do PR for a living. So yes, I, I saw that. Say, I saw that. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm testing. I'm saying, where do you want to go with this? Do you want to talk about that or not? So, no, I can. I can be trans. Might as well, you know, whatever you bring to the table, you know, your your background in early childhood education, I'm sure, informed your picture book writing. So whatever you have, if you're a great illustrator, I'm sure that, you know, comes to, to the fore. Use whatever gifts you have. And certainly my background in PR helped me. Um, I have databases at my disposal of um of uh reporters and producers and so on um all over the world uh for traditional but also with podcasts and so on so i've been able to write my own press release and market myself and and do that so um so that's been great and there are some other things that are very helpful for people who are just getting started and want to get reviews for example there's something called pubby p u b b y dot co pubby.co and um, they have an interesting uh business model basically you upload your book and 
um, you pay something like $200 for a year. Um, and you then are able to get reviews for your book by reviewing other people's book, but mm-hmm. it's not a quid pro quo. So you're not reviewing the person who's reviewing your book. You're reviewing some other person's book and then some other person, person B, you're re- reviewing person A's book and person B is reviewing your book. So um, so that way you don't have to worry that what you say in the review is going to affect a review on your book. Um, but it's a very nice uh, way of doing that. And you earn these um, points that with the the um, website as you review other people's books and you cash in those cash in, quote unquote, those points to be able to read other people's books. And that's a nice way to get something, you know, like up to 10 reviews in a week, you know, where you wouldn't if you're an unknown person, you wouldn't otherwise have those reviews. So that's a nice way to do that if you're self-published. Um, there are other ways to encourage people to sign up for your e-newsletter, for example. I noticed, um, I think your page um, had coloring pages, and that's another thing. You know, I, I offer coloring pages on my website um, in exchange for people giving me their email address. And then if they give me their email address, they're on my e-newsletter, and I don't abuse it. I only email people once a month with various things that are going on as now that a sequel is out, or I let them know if I recently um, got an award or something like that. Um, I let my my uh, readers know about that. So so those are some of the tricks that you can use to get yourself out there. Um, and there are sites that people can go on to learn how to write a press release. I, I would suggest, though, if you can, if you can budget it to get uh, some kind of PR help at least for the first few months after your book, you know, publishes. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think there's lots of because I think I, I think the trouble with me is I also write for adults, so and I kind of know how that works. So I, you know, I pitch for arc readers and the arc readers are on my list and blah blah blah, and they stick the reviews up and the book goes on and and you know and it, and it clicks through and it that's kind of that. But it, it's kind of the arc read thing. I don't know whether that kind of works for children's books so much. You know, it's kind of a different, a different thing. The trouble is with me is I don't spend enough time on the children's work, and it's a real shame because I believe in it. I believe it's. Mm. I believe they're good. They're good stories. I've had other things that I just haven't got round to actually bringing into the world yet that I really need to. Um, I need to manage my time better so that I so, some parts of my year I'm just concentrating on that children's stuff in order that I can you know make a better job of it and I think that's the that's the thing and when you're in PR so you're doing also you're working full-time yes Yes. so I've got no excuse really because I have all as much time as I want to do my own creative stuff because I do this full-time so you know what what can you do with me I don't know (laughs) so how do you fit your your working and your creative life in How how does that work for you um, I think it's easier when I do have other work that I'm doing because I'm sitting at the computer anyway and I can sort of um, toggle back and forth. One of the things that helps me with any of my writing, whether it's writing a press release or writing a pitch for a client or any of the types of things that I do for my regular work or writing rhyme for a children's book is I have to take breaks, you know, um, so I get overloaded and then I can toggle to something else. So so that's actually very helpful. So I'll work on something for a client and I'll get a little bored of that. And then I'll go back to, you know, another try and find another rhyme or something else or I'll um, send my uh, my books forth to various different podcasters and so on and try to to get media attention that way. And then I'll go back 
to what I'm doing for my clients. So that's actually, it's been easier than um, times in my life where I haven't been employed. Um, I am less uh, motivated. So it's sort of inertia. An object at rest stays at rest and object in motion stays in motion. So yeah. they say um, if you want something done, ask a busy woman, don't they? Ah, I never heard not, that. But you know how, yeah, if you want something done, ask a busy woman, you'll get it done. Mm. That's, that's what we say in England anyway. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, that's, I think it's true. I think it's true because mm-hmm. I, I do find that I'm, I'm, I'm not good at, I'm, I'm not good at not doing anything. I'm always, I'm always busy. I'm always on it. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of how I am. Yeah. And I find the trouble with working for yourself is I, I don't know when to stop. You know, I would sit, if I wasn't, if I wasn't happily married, and I feel that like I need to go and sit in, you know, when I've done this podcast in a bit, that I will go into the lounge and I'll sit and I'll watch television with my husband. But if I were here on my own, if he's away fishing or something or riding his motorbike or doing whatever, then I'll, I'll work till 12 o'clock at night because mm. I can't stop myself. But, but, but it's so I think he's, he's quite a good balancer, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's my, my thing. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a workaholic. So mm. you're publishing, self publishing, Cheryl. And um, so you've got your two books. You've got Baby Dragon's Big Sneeze. And what's the new one called? Baby Dragon Finds His Family. Finds His Family. Yeah. So so you're you're writing a series. So what's next? Are you are you going to put the next book out? Have you got that in your back of your mind? Yes. I don't know what it's going to be about yet, what's going to happen to the to the dragon, but I know it's going to be at least a trilogy. And it might be uh, I mean, this one I've published just over a year after the first one, but I may take a little longer before the next one. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's quite nice. Do you think you will always write for this age group, or do you do you feel that there are other stories where you might write for for children, older children, or hmm. even younger, or even younger children? I don't know that I would go younger. I might go older, um, and I might also write some things for adults. I've I've written some um, personal essays that have made it into some anthologies and so on. For example, I, I wrote a short story um, called Working Like a Dog um, about my dog at the time. Her name was Lyric, and she starred in Boulder Dinner Theater's production of Wizard of Oz. She was Toto. Ah, and ah. so I wrote what it was like to be a stage mom for a dog, you know? <laughs> and uh, so that was an interesting, and that that's made a it. Book, that's a book in itself, isn't it? Isn't that right, a story? Right. Isn't that a story? I want to hear Toto's story yeah, or, or Lyric's story. Yeah. yeah okay. I well, I can, yeah. I can actually send you the short story if you want. Yeah. yeah. After that. But, um, but yeah, so, um, so it was in two books. Uh, one of them is called Lost Souls Found Inspiring Stories About Chihuahuas. And the other one's called Second Chance Dogs, True Stories of Dogs We Rescue and the Dogs Who Rescue Us. So my short story made it into both of those. That was personal essay. So I do write a lot of personal essays and I could maybe put them together someday from feeling really ambitious, maybe into some kind of a novel or something. But right now, the, the children's picture book, draining enough, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. challenging <laughs> enough at this point. Um, yeah. So so how do you so your your illustrator um whose name I wrote down and I can't find him on here Ramesh uh, Ram Ramesh Ram yeah I have him here um so he's he's your illustrator and, and they look lovely those illustrations and how difficult was it to find somebody to illustrate the book in the way that you wanted it and uh, did you have um you know did you just click with him straight away did you go through a few different illustrators how how did you how did you go about that well, I'm a member of the Society of Children's Book uh, Writers and Illustrators, and I'm also a member of um, Children's Book Insider. Both of those groups, um, those associations, when you become a member, you have access to videos 
archived videos on their website. So I was watching some archived videos one day and debating whether or not to self-publish. And I really imagined that if I self-published, I'd be sitting alone in a room with a book called Self-Publish for Idiots or something like that. And I would just be, <laughs> you know, trying to figure it out by myself. But I watched this one video by a woman named April Cox, and she has a business called Self-Publishing Made Simple. And what she does is she walks you through the process of getting your book published. So getting those ISBN codes, like what what the, the UPC symbol thing on the back of your book, you yeah. know, getting those, how to how to file your book with the um Library of Congress to get it copyrighted. Um, these are mostly US things. I'm not sure what her knowledge base is as far as how this works in other countries. But she walked me through that whole process. And she also has vendors that she works with all over the world. So she had web designers. So she, I, she gave me a web designer that that made my website, which I'm very pleased with. Mm -hmm. um, she also had about 12 illustrators. So I looked at all of their websites, those 12, and they all did work for hire, which is good because that allows the writer to then have the rights to the illustrations after it's been published. So um, you pay them up front, but then you're not having to pay them royalties after the book is already published. Mm -hmm. So those 12 had work for hire. I found I limited the 12 to four, my favorite four, by looking at their website and their um, the way they designed images. And out of those four, April, my mentor, suggested, why don't you have all four of them draw the same scene from your book, just in black and white, just very simple, pay them each $50 to do that. And then that should hopefully make your decision. Well, then that lowered it down from four to two. And then I used my friends and family as a focus group and and also people with kids, not just adults. And I said, you know, which dragon do you like better? You know, which little girl looks better? You know, and why? And um, the one that got mo the most votes was um, Remesh Ram from Pryan Animation. And I'm really happy with him. I would use him again, definitely for the next book. Yeah, yeah, and and well, I think definitely if you're writing in series, it's good to keep the illustrator the same, the same yes. all the way through. Yeah, it's an equal balance with children's books, the, the pictures and the and the illustrations. You know, they have they have to work together, and you know, it's the whole the children respond to the whole thing of it. You know, and mm -hmm. and if one bit is slightly off, it doesn't quite work. It's it's interesting how that is. You know, you can have some great illustrations, and if the words aren't on hanging together it's it's no good and vice versa so it's it's great that you've got the two the two they're working yeah very nice um yeah and it is it's you know it's a long process I mean I know you know for myself I I'm also an artist and I do my own illustrations and I'm just doing the chapter little motifs for my mm. for, for an adult's book and and um and they're tiny they're just little mm. line drawings and they've taken me I don't know the best part of three weeks and I'm quick <laughs> I'm quick I've been doing this for a long time you know I, I can draw you anything off the top of my head mm. you know and and you still you know it's it takes you know art takes time yes <laughs> yeah yeah whatever whatever it is yeah brilliant yeah happy days so who do you think is your ideal reader um Cheryl do you, do you write for you the child within yourself or do you write for a child that you know or a child that you have um I don't have children but um I I don't write for I, I write for the child within myself, but also um, children in general stories that I think that they would be engaged by, but also with social emotional learning messages. And that's a, a term. I don't know if that's a term used in England or. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. OK. 
But social emotional learning is is the kinds of things that um, employers actually look for in employees. They call them soft mm-hmm. skills when you're an adult, um, being willing to share, being a team player, those kind of intangible lessons um, that kids really need. And, um, you know, kids might be a little behind on right now because of the three years of the pandemic and not being in classes with other yeah. kids necessarily. So that give and take. Um, and apologizing when you've done something wrong, all of those kinds of things. Um, I I have uh, those those messages are definitely in my stories. So yeah. at kids ages three to seven or eight, boys and girls um, from all over. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's good, and because they're universal messages, you know, the, the mm-hmm. messages of of kindness is is you know mm-hmm. what it's all about, really. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So, are you publishing wide, or are you exclusive to Amazon? Are you? Are um, you... I'm publishing wide, so it's Amazon.com and other Amazons for with other extensions for other other countries, but also uh, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, Target.com. Uh, so those as well. Ingram Spark is is a company that um, gets books into libraries and and bookstores and so on. And so I'm in Ingram Spark as well as on Amazon. And yeah, do, do you put Ingram yourself Spark. in the catalog for Ingram Spark? A catalog? Oh, I didn't. I wasn't yeah. aware they have a catalog. Yeah, I think I think I think they do. You're right that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've never put mine in yet. I I do. I put I put my paperbacks into Ingram Spark. Um, but I've never actually got round to, uh, you know, it's quite expensive, I think, mm. to appear in the catalogue. But it's it's definitely um, a thought, I think, uh-huh. you know, especially for the children's books. Because I find, do you find you sell le- uh, more paperbacks than ebooks for the kids stuff? Um, is I, it even in e- it is in ebook? It is in ebook. Yeah. Um, initially, I find myself selling more ebooks, but that's okay, and I do that on purpose. The first couple, the first week or so, I usually make my ebook free. Because I really want to encourage people to get the ebook, and then I'm hoping that they'll like it and they'll decide to then get the paperback or the hardcover. Right now, um, with the new book, the hardcover hasn't come out yet. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks, it should be out in hardcover as well. But hardcover, paperback, and ebook. Initially, ebooks are the most sales, and then um, then hardcover comes in um, after that. Hardcover becomes the most prevalent. I think because even more so than paperback, because I think parents realize that their kids destroy at that age, the books get destroyed if they're a paperback. So they want something a little more substantial. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say it's definitely for the younger, the younger reader, you need You need the hardback on it. Yeah, absolutely. The glossy cover, you give it a wipe. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. All of that. And actually I, th- there's something very nice about books that have been well, well mauled. I think that's, I think that's a good, I like to see that in classrooms. I like to see a good, a good, bookcase with books that have definitely been used not not a bookcase mm. that's not been allowed to touch I want I want to mm. see those books on the floor I want to see you know a bit of a bit of juice on them I'm quite happy you know I think it's I think that's good yeah absolutely yeah happy days yeah I think yeah it's very hard I think um the the KU the wide thing it's it's very it's very tricky within the the children's market um I I still haven't you know like I say I haven't I haven't quite cracked it yet um I think I will crack it I'm going to I'm going to concentrate on it a bit more next year mm. and uh, see if I can't. Uh, and also, Amazon's just lost all my reviews for my one of my children's oh, books. No. They've just gone. There's nothing there. Oh, my, I would yeah. cry. I would absolutely just start sobbing. 
Oh, I, um, well, I just looked at it and went, okay, <laughs> that's not helpful. Wow. And, and I need to put a ticket. I'll put a ticket in and ask, you know, what? Yeah. You know, what? And see if that's. If you, you know, know the date that it happened, maybe they can revert it back to the previous date. Yeah. The date where that it's, happened. Like a, it's the strangest thing. Yeah. They're just, wow. they're just, I was just up there the other day and I went, oh, that's really weird. There's no reviews here. And there was, you know, a little, ha- it wasn't masses, but there was a handful. But yeah, very strange. Anyway, that's my problem. <laughs> Gosh, it's, uh, yeah it's just what just what it is on your social media are you are you big on social media cheryl do, do you get your books yes I, have, I mean also um, i've i found you over the social media <laughs> so, okay. yeah, yeah. So. so i have um i have uh instagram um and my instagram handle is b b e dot kind dot publishing because they didn't have b e hyphen kind space publishing but that actually is my website be hyphen kind publishing.com um but uh and then on facebook i'm be dash kind space publishing so instagram i'm also on linkedin just as myself cheryl bass m-a-m-s-w and um so yeah linkedin um instagram and facebook are my three uh social media outlets that I use. Yeah, yeah. And and you're not gone onto to onto the TikTok yet. I haven't had a go with that yet. No. I'm no, not but... I'm a little oh. nervous about TikTok, frankly. <laughs> i think it's i think it's a funny one. Um I am on there for for my <laughs> children's stuff. Um I I put um I find it's quite good for uh, I don't really get up there and talk much on that one as as I do as DJ Boba Smith, but but I do put um you know the book covers up and little snippets about the story and uh, sometimes I draw on a whiteboard and I film the draw me drawing stuff mm. and put that speed it up and put it on the thing if I can if I'm feeling inspired you know mm. and uh, but uh, but sometimes but I'm I'm a bit hit and miss like I say I you know sometimes I'm like right I'm doing this and then I'm like oh you know there's just you know too much in the in the day mm. I think with it yeah definitely um mm. so do you test your books on on children that you know do you do you do school visits and that kind of thing to to get get your books out there book fairs, I haven't done any visits yet um but I have done um a book reading at a local Barnes and Noble and I have um another reading actually of both of my books now at a local independent bookstore yeah so nice. and then as far as um reading to reading it to children I know I've done that um and I've sent it um as a digital file to parents who that I know who have kids and they've read it to their own children. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it's it's nice to have that children's response because you yeah. especially with um with that kind of thing, because that's showing you exactly what's working, what what was what was, you know, how they responded to it, how the, you know, whether they found it funny, you know, mm-hmm. how, you know, if they if they responded to the rhyme and the whole the whole kind of thing. Um uh, I noticed you've done quite a few competitions. Yes. That's pretty brave. I never do that. <laughs> Oh really? Oh, no, see, no, I never, I never secret, do that. I think, I think that's think? You yeah. Have some money in your budget. Uh, they do cost money to enter these contests, and and you could consider that just sort of, you know, part of the uh, expenditure involved in in um, self publishing a book. Um, it's it's it can be disappointing. Some of them that are more expensive, spending like you know two hundred dollars or something to enter a contest and not win, but. When you do win, it gives you that credibility, and you. A lot of times, they have little medallions that you can, um, digital medallions that you can have put on the cover 
that says that you're uh, a winner of whatever contest it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that also helps with your sales. And you can also write in your Amazon book description that you're the winner of such and such award. And that gives you the clout. It, It kind of helps level the playing field a little bit makes you a little famous um <laughs> because yeah. um having an, an the name recognition is what really is so huge with especially with picture book writing and then by having won some awards that that gives you some of that clout with all the writing you know whatever you're writing you, you unfortunately if you're an independent author well actually and a traditional author if you want to sell some books you have to stand up there and go this is me this is what I've done and you have to you have to put yourself out there whatever you know, however you can over the social media, you know, by you know, like you said, you're doing the competitions, or you know, what, and you get getting out there into the public and doing, you know, like so, you're doing the readings in the bookshops and the and the libraries and those kinds of things. You know, I think it's it's. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm dreadful because I am an old teacher and I really could go and do the school visits, you know, standing on my mm. head and do I do it? No, so, uh, but I will, I will, Cheryl. I'll be on it next year when we talk again in a year. Okay, so, <laughs> you'll go. I'll go. Yes, I've been doing this, and you'll be pleased with me. <laughs> so, so I think, yeah, I think it's just it's just getting organised and get, getting you know getting your mindset into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so how how do you work? Do you work generally very digitally, or do you have uh, do you carry a notebook round with you? Do you like to have a bit of a you know um, you know do do you always always is it always on the computer or or are you are you a sketch it out on mind map kind of person? Um, I'm a little bit of both. So um, I jot down and type out things that I want to say in an interview, for example, or um, I'll write down things to help me remember various things about uh, my work. Um, And I do that with my clients as well. I have a little spiral and I jot down things. But then um, with the actual book writing itself, I will type that out because that way I don't have to try and figure, figure out my own handwriting and uh, and that's yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like that. I'm I'm a bit bit of both. I've got scribbly bits everywhere, but um, I like a computer. Computers keep it tidy, legible. You know, it's, it's it's all sort of sorted. So, as a children's author, who in what children's books do you love? What in what books do you look? Do you know, do you remember from your own childhood that you think, you know, th- those were the those were the books that I remember. Those are the ones that inspired me. You know, do, well, I do don't. You have a, do you remember have a whole lot from three to three and four and that age, you know, I read a lot of, there were like the Dick and Jane books and things like that at that age and Curious George and so on. But when I got a little older, I loved um, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is. Oh, yes. Yeah, I like that. Yes. Yeah. And then when I was older than that, um, A Wrinkle in Time. And um, so, so those were some, I liked fantasy and of course, that's what I've um, put into this book. But the this second book has um, a dragon, an elf, a unicorn, and a fairy. So I have some mythical creatures in this one. Yeah, yeah, and and I think everybody loves a dragon, don't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but there's something almost so sort of thing deep within us, and I wonder if it's where. And I have a theory about dragons. Okay, so I'm just going to run this. I guess run this by you, show because okay. why not? Uh, so I think where where we have the dinosaurs. I think people dug those, found those bones before, you know, before the modern era. And I think that's what they thought it was. It was dragons. And I think that's where mm. the idea came from. And mm. I think it's it's almost like it's in our psyche, this dragony mm. thing, you know, because we, you know, so many of us are quite fascinated by this mythical 
this mythical beast you know that right right and it feels like it was here I'm sorry it kind of feels like it was here the the dragons you know yes yes and the interesting thing is it is cross-cultural so if you're interested in like Carl Jung you know and archetypes and things like that there's dragons that are the Western European dragon, which my dragon is. And then there's also the Asian dragon, the Chinese dragon, which is, yeah. you know. And the interesting thing about dragons is they are very um, tied to to the universe, to nature, because they are they have earth, air, fire, and water. You've got the earth, because they walk on the earth. The air, they fly in the air. Fire, they breathe fire and they can go down into the ocean and, and you know, fly back up again. So they represent all of the elements. So um, it, there's something very primal about a dragon that really just appeals to us on a core level. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think I think I think you're right. And I think ch- ch- kids, we're all like we're all like a dragon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all good fun. Oh, right. Well, Cheryl, we're nearly out of time. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think, oh, that's what I wanted to tell you or you wanted to? pop in now as well. well I just want to mention that if you if if listeners go to my website um be hyphen kind public be kind publishing.com um they with a hyphen between the b and the kind if they get put their email address on there they can download up to 10 free coloring pages for their kids so um so that uh yeah that's that's good that's nice I'll put those in I'll put that link in the show notes obviously so people can go there and find that and that's another thing you see now people think oh coloring that's the children are wasting time it's so important coloring is great because it gives them the motor neural skills in their hands in order to be able to write so it's Mm -hmm. it's just another one of those things so get them coloring get them reading those rhyme books it's what right absolutely it's what it's all about yeah so yeah brilliant yes and that's why I've got coloring pages as well because I I think I've got one up there and Mm -hmm. uh, because it is it's a really it's a really key thing like the jigsaw thing you know once they can see those pieces and slot them in they're beginning to then recognize letter shapes and all that kind of thing yeah it's fascinating and children's development you know we could have a whole another podcast about that really (laughs) because it's it's endlessly fascinating how how the child's mind develops you know Mm -hmm. with any luck and um yeah brilliant stuff well Charlotte it's been lovely to have you on the words likewise thank you so much for having me Thank you for coming on and best of luck with the with the new book. Okay, thank you so much. So lovely to talk to Cheryl Bass about her children's books and um, so difficult to do, I think, writing in rhyme. It's not something I've ever even attempted. So well done her and she seems to be really making it work. So look out for Cheryl Bass. Um, but also anything that we've mentioned in the podcast, of course, you can find them on the show notes. If the show notes didn't come up wherever you um, downloaded the podcast, you can find them on my website which is www.djbowmansmith.com. And you'll find there's a whole page there for the podcast. But you can also find them on the Podbean app uh, website. And there's also a, there's a page on there for the Words and Pictures podcast if you go to Podbean. So uh, yeah, interesting stuff. So next week, my guest is Indy Perro. Now, Indy Perro writes gritty noir novels which focus on the balance of power between crime and the law. And he's got two fantastic protagonists, one predictably enough a criminal and the other one a lawman so uh stick around for that next week and um come and meet indy with me it was a really interesting and fascinating um interview with him he was a really interesting guy so happy days so that's it from me for this week 
don't forget to uh, reach out across social media and again on the Podbean website you, there's a place there that you can re- leave comments about the show you can ask me questions anything like that anything you'd like me to discuss in the intro I'm happy to do that for you uh, until next time then I'm DJ Bowman Smith bye bye